You're listening to the System Me podcast, episode number 258. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build a roundtable series for strategic networking. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super excited to share this guest with you today because we are going to be talking about one of my favorite things to talk about, which is really strategic networking and building relationships. It is super important because otherwise, again, you can burn out or you can exhaust yourself trying to connect with everybody and trying to do all the things. And when you do it in a really intentional way, it can absolutely benefit you beyond even just your business. So I have my guest for today, Miss Eva, chatting with us about how to build a roundtable series for strategic networking. So Miss Eva, how are you doing today? Hey, Jordan, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. And I am super excited to have you share because again, we align in a lot of different ways when it comes to building relationships. But before we get into that, go ahead and share with us a little bit about you and your business. Definitely. So yeah, I work with bold women leaders, helping them, helping us defy the status quo, amplify our influence and expand our wealth and power because of what I would like to have happen is for sexism and racism to not exist anymore. And what I think is critical for that, which I don't think I'll see in my lifetime, but a woman can have hope is for women to be in more positions of power and leadership. I double tap all of that. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Let's definitely try to hope and wish and have the full intentions for all of that to happen in our lifetime. Fingers crossed. So with that, again, we're going to be talking about this way of strategic networking, which is a round table series. So talk to us about what your business was like before you had actually implemented one of these. Yeah. So I bet that a lot of folks listening can relate to this, but you know, tell me, Jordan, you remember like before COVID, pre-COVID, a lot of the networking opportunities, like tell me if this sounds familiar. It was either like a luncheon where there was like a salad and you sat between two people and there was somebody like presenting at the front of the room maybe. And it was kind of hard to eat and talk and listen and connect with everybody. Like that was option one. Option two is evening kind of a dark, crowded, loud bar, clutching a cocktail, trying to meet people and work the room, really not having it be very clear who to connect with, how to connect with them, maybe had to do some yelling, option two. These sound familiar. They sound all too familiar. Those salads, man, for lunch, like why is there five pieces of lettuce on my plate? That's what I want to (laughs) know. It was so like, and you know, I'm being a little bit facetious because obviously there's like different kinds of conferences and workshops you can go to that tend to be more vetted or curated in terms of the people that attend. But this was my overwhelming experience when it came to quote unquote networking, which everyone and their uncle tells you is important. And they're not wrong. Networking is super important. And Jordan, you've talked about that on the podcast before, but I always felt like, really, is this, is this it? Because this does not feel like it should be it. So last year I was invited to a roundtable conversation by my colleague, Aisha Cogborn. And the invitation went something like this. It was, hey, 
you know, I've handpicked you to join this 90 minute call with some other business owners. It's not a sales pitch. It's just an opportunity for us to talk openly with each other about business and to share some of our experiences and the strategies that are working well for us. And I have to tell you, I was pretty skeptical at first. And this was before everyone had Zoom fatigue. But I thought, you know, 90 minutes with some people that I've maybe never met before. uh, I don't know. But, you know, I really trust and like Aisha, so I figured I would give it a chance. And it was one of the most rewarding networking experiences that I'd ever had. And so I decided to start trying something similar. And what it is, it's for me, you know, I identify as an outgoing introvert. How do you identify on like the introvert, extrovert spectrum? Yeah, I honestly find myself an ambivert. Like I need pretty much 50, 50% of the time. Like I need 50% extroversion and 50% introversion. (laughs) Yes. I totally relate to that. Like if if I don't see others and like have social time, I start feeling really depressed. And if I don't have enough alone time, I start feeling really depressed. So yes, there's definitely, and all of us fall somewhere, you know, somewhere on the spectrum, but I'm a lot like you, Jordan, in terms of being like a little bit of both needing kind of both influences in my life. And I found that this round table series was a perfect solution because what it is, is a small group. I think this is critical. I think, you know, in this era of kind of the world being smaller in terms of everyone or nearly everyone being able to connect online, that micro communities, like really small curated communities are becoming more and more valuable and fulfilling for people because they're harder to find. You know, Facebook groups are usually tend to be enormous. A lot of really valuable series that you might be able to attend on Zoom tend to be really, really big. And it can feel, I've found it easy to feel kind of lost among all of those attendees. So with this roundtable series that I kicked off in about the spring of 2020, ironically, before everything totally shut down, I had no idea how COVID approved it would end up being. But basically, I invite about four women to join me on Zoom for 90 minutes. And I have a small, like a very simple set of slides, which have a couple of different questions on each one. So the first set of questions is, you know, talk about your business, tell us where you live, where you're from, and share something surprising about you. So that's sort of like the intro portion. And then the second set of questions is around, you know, in my case, I work with women leaders on their thought leadership and building their influence and power through thought leadership. So my second set of questions is about How do you amplify your voice right now? How are you getting your thought leadership out there? So everyone takes a turn answering those questions. And then the final set of questions is to give everyone the chance to make an ask. So those are, how can we support you right now? Or what do you need right now? And I've just talked a lot. So I wonder, I'm going to pause and ask if you have any questions to ask everything I've just shared makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I was definitely going to ask you know, number of people, I think you said 12. Is there a reason for that number? Did you test different numbers and realize that there was something helpful about 12? Or what should we really look at for like minimum and maximum people to invite? Yeah. So the number that I actually have now is four. So I'm the fifth person. Got it. It's a really like when I say micro, I do mean micro. Yeah. And the reason for that. So at first I invited only three people. And what I was finding then is like, sometimes people have conflicts And so one person or sometimes even two people wouldn't be able to make it. And I found that that was like, there were a couple of instances where it was just me and one other person. And then they didn't really get the full experience. 
So I find that, you know, right now the number I'm working with is a total, including me of five. And Mm -hmm. I find so far that's, it's like enough where it doesn't feel, it's sort of like the feeling of one-on-one, but it's much more leveraged than one-on-one. And what's interesting about this kind of micro number is that everybody has a chance to talk and share without having to rush. And if one person can't make it, it's still a pretty decent size for a micro community. And there's enough space in the 90 minutes that a lot of interesting tangents or certain topics will kind of start taking off among the different participants. Or gosh, recently I had some folks, a pair of women who they both were really into watching car racing, which was super interesting. Mm, Like that was something that came up after everyone shared about the something surprising about them. So I find that this really small group is super valuable to the participants because, and what I say in the beginning of every call when I do my little intro spiel is the goal here is not just to have a wide network, but to have a deep network and to be able to say, yes, I've actually talked to Jordan. Like, yes, I know what she does. I know what I can refer her for. I know, you know, other people that I can refer to her. And so often in networking experiences, our connections can feel really superficial, but in an environment like this, where it's just structured enough, where the conversation has some movement, but it's not so structured that you can't have room for some spontaneous conversation. I found it's a perfect mix for those of us who want to have really intimate connections, especially now that we can't even meet in person. Yeah, I think that's with COVID, I will say that I've gone to... I don't even know how many events at this point in my life, but um, in-person events were a big thing for me because I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed, I felt like there was just a speed to connection that it was really hard to get in DMs, chatting with people or in other avenues. And so what I really like about this type of strategic networking is that it feels very similar to like in-person, like it's maybe more intimate. And again, you know, we are business owners, but we're also humans. So like, if you like race cars or like, again, I talk about my love for jigsaw puzzles all the time. Like there's other parts to us as humans that I think allows for us to have deeper connection than just like, Hey, you want to know my Facebook ad strategy or Hey, you want to know my air table process or whatever, (laughs) which is beneficial. But I think it misses the mark on the the actual connection part that a lot of people are craving. And so, you know, with your questions that you asked too, is there time limits, you know, are you, I guess, clocking time to make sure that everybody has space to talk, but doesn't, you don't have like the total chatty Cathy's taking over. Yeah, that's a good question. Yes, I do keep an eye on the clock. And, you know, a lot of the conversations go right up until the 90 minute mark. But I find that, you know, some of them, if people aren't as chatty, they'll end a little sooner. But there have been only a few instances where I really feel like I have to, um, like, actively facilitate people and really kind of nudge them to finish up. I've had a few chatty Cathy's. But by and large, what's been so delightful to me about this having this series is, you know, I use Calendly to have people uh, can book a time on a session. It's a one-time commitment to join one of these roundtable sessions and they book it through Calendly, you know, whatever date and time works for their schedule. And so I'm not handpicking the people who show up on a certain day. It's always, there's some surprise there. And what's been so delightful is the chemistry that can come out of this basically random group of people and how well the conversations flow between us even though we most of the time had never met before. 
Have you been hearing all the buzz about VIP days or one day virtual intensives and want to create one for your business, but have no idea where to start? Head over to systemsamey.com slash quiz and take our new 60 second quiz to determine what kind of VIP day you should create. You'll get a detailed report with action items and exclusive structuring tips straight from the mouths of successful VIP day business owners. Ready to take back control over your schedule, your energy, and your income? A VIP day might just be the way to do it. Get started today at systemsamey.com slash quiz. One more time, that's systemsamey.com slash quiz. Again, you know, for us, like ambiverts, we can tend to be pretty succinct, but you always got to kind of adjust and also encourage those who are maybe more introverted to speak and then, you know, have to manage a little bit more of the extroverts in order to make that space for everyone to talk. And what have you seen come out of these roundtables, right? Like what are some benefits? What are some, have you seen partnerships? Have you seen collaborations? Like what have been some really cool results that you've seen from doing these roundtables? Yeah, that's been so fun to witness as well, because everything you just mentioned, I've seen um, folks doing guest swaps on their podcasts or interviewing people on their podcasts, people who were looking for speakers for some of their summits or their different online events have made connections in a roundtable that have then turned into speaking opportunities. I had, I remember a pair of folks did a, a webinar together shortly after they met on a roundtable. And others have just chosen to stay in touch and be kind of like accountability partners for each other. Or we spoke recently on a session about like a book recommendation that went out and talking about maybe having a little book discussion after people had read the book. People have asked for feedback on certain things they've written that others have provided. So it's really, it's been quite a spectrum of different partnerships that have come out of these conversations. And I didn't realize it when I started this. I kind of started this because I was like, I just want to try something. I didn't have the, the goal for this to happen. And so it's been really meaningful to see how this has unfolded and all the ways that this series have added value and have just added like really meaningful relationships to people's lives. Mm, yeah. Cause again, it, it doesn't stop at the round table, which I think right. is, is crucial. It's not like, Hey, here's my business card and goodbye, which again is kind of a, a nod to traditional networking events. It really right. is like, Hey, let's reconnect, right? Let's do something together. Let's collaborate. Let's, Oh, I know someone that you're looking to potentially hire, you know, all of those things can happen. And how often do these round tables and do you find that, there's something that you could do, you know, on a more, I guess, not recurring basis, but just, you know, could it be a monthly thing or what's your cadence? Yeah, great question. So it could be anything. I've done periods where I've had two a week. I've done periods where I've had one a week. Right now I'm doing them once a week and I do take one week off a month. I have a a week every month where I don't take or I don't schedule any calls. And so I don't have a round table that week either, but I'm finding that Twice a week was maybe a little too much for my other responsibilities. Once a week is feeling like a good fit. And for some of, but at first thinking back, at first, I think I did them. Um, I mean, I really experimented a lot, Jordan. Like I did some on weekends at first that turned out to be a pretty bad idea. I've done them at different times of the day. Cause I do want to accommodate different time zones. I've had some folks from Europe join us and I'd love to have some folks from other continents join, but time zones are a little tricky. That is one thing that's been challenging. But I find that like kind of a set it and forget it in Calendly, just a recurring event in my calendar. And then I send people the link and they pick a date that works for them. 
And there is a little bit of backend like admin that I do to make sure they get a calendar invite and that I capture their information properly. That's something actually, speaking of systems saving me, that I'd like to find a more automated system to do for me later on this year. But yeah, it's pretty set and forget. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, gotta love uh, good old automation for sure. And also like the following up, I think is probably where most people will trip up is again, this is not something that should feel transactional. This is something that should feel warm and inviting and a way for you to truly get to know people. I don't know if you've ever read the book, Eva, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. I've not read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. So it's a kind of a similar realm of what you're talking about ish, but more like for dinner parties. So mm-hmm. I would definitely encourage you to read the book. It's really interesting where he would invite five people and they each invite a guest. And then he hosted these dinner parties like once a week for, I don't even remember how long and just like the collaborations and connections and all that stuff that came from it. It's a really good book. So I think you would find That's it intriguing. fascinating. Yeah, for sure. And so with that, you know, if somebody's wanting to get started with a round table and maybe they're wanting to invite people who they don't personally know, have you ever encouraged people to, you know, you invite two people and they each invite two people or one person. And so that way you can extend your network a little bit more, or how would somebody go about that? Or maybe they want to invite somebody that they don't know. And like, can you technically just go into their DMs and be like, Hey, I want you to be <laughs> at my round table. Like, do yes. you want to come? Or is it just for more warm networking? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked this because this is a really important part of what has made this valuable for my business. So not just like the conversations that I get to have with all these interesting entrepreneurs and women leaders, but part of my process, and I can go into more detail about like the systems of this. And I like what you said, Jordan, that it's not transactional, but there's space between transactional and analog 100% by hand, right? Like there's some space in between those for there to be a system that still feels high touch, but going on a tangent. So when I mentioned earlier that the last set of questions I ask in each round table is what do you need right now? And how can we support you? And so people make a whole range of asks. Sometimes it's a very specific, I'm promoting this, please help. Other times it's a more abstract, you know, I'm thinking about this. What are your thoughts? But the ask that I always make is for each guest to recommend the series to someone they know. So in every conversation that I host for this series, I'm asking participants to add two women in their networks to my network so they can participate. And so I have, you know, an email that I send afterward with a short overview about the series. So it's easy for my guests to copy and paste that into an intro to someone they know. And that is how I'm using this to really expand my network. So yes, I'm often, at first I was just inviting people that were warm in my network that I knew already, but pretty quickly I started to have a lot of folks that were brand new to me. And that's been really, really fun. And I do also sometimes use an invitation to a round table to a brand new person in my network. You know, people will talk about like, you know, it's great to have a podcast or a video series. It's great to own a platform that you can invite someone to when you're starting to get to know them. And so I'm kind of using the roundtable series that way, where if I've made a new connection and I think the person's really interesting, I'll say to her, hey, I'd love to get to know you better in this context. You'll also get to meet a couple of other people to add them to your network. You know, here's the information. Yeah, I love that. Having that after, again, follow up on the roundtable for, again, new people that should be invited and added to this. 
is super crucial because again, if you just do round tables with all of you, you know, then that kind of not defeats the purpose, but you want to start, start getting, you know, fresh faces in there. Exactly. And again, if you know, your first experience was, I don't know about this, but because I know, you know, the host, then, you know, I believe this is going to be a good experience. And then once you've experienced it now, obviously it's caused you to want to continue it. And so exactly. with that, I think more and more people being able to say, Hey, you can trust Eva. This is like, not going to be a waste of your time. It's not going to be any of these things that you may have experienced before with networking. So definitely take a chance on it. Always having other people be able to sell for you or like, you know, uh, be a recommendation and referral is the way to go. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like really leveraging the, the warm network that you're building. And because like you said, I mean, we all know this, right? Like there's nothing that's as powerful as social proof. And so when you have an opportunity that comes through someone you really trust, you're so much more likely to take on that opportunity than if it's something that slides into your DMs. And sometimes, you know, the slide into the DMs works, you know, if it's somebody who I've just met and it's a good fit for them, they'll come. But more often than not, it's the warm referrals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, awesome. I love this idea. And somebody again, who enjoys smaller groups rather than uh, the big groups, this is a way to really, truly connect in a more intimate setting and is COVID friendly, which is also great. So with that, I would love to chit chat and nerd out about some tools that you use in your business that excite you, or they could be technically, I guess, tools you use for the round table, but they don't have to be. Yeah. So I've mentioned Calendly. I can't believe how long I went doing my calendar by hand. Good grief. Gotta have a scheduler. (laughs) Scheduling tool. I love that's been really, really helpful. Another one that I use a lot is Asana. I find it really helpful to have a project management tool that everyone on my team can access that I can do most, you know, do a lot of advanced planning and kind of nest different aspects of projects. So I'm an Asana fan at this point. I will say though, Jordan, I'm really focusing on the systems of my business this year and I'm going to explore some other, like I've heard really good things about Airtable. I think I might want to upgrade my CRM. So I'm kind of in the market to be a little bit more smart about my automation and my systems, but the systems that I do have now, Calendly, Asana, gosh, there are others. I use um, Gmail for email and the ability to pause my inbox is a super helpful system. Yeah. It's uh, Gmail has actually really expanded their, not integrations, but their automations, I would say, because you can schedule now without having to do an integration or do a plugin or anything. You can actually right. like schedule your emails, pausing it, like all that stuff you used to have to have an extension or a plugin for. So it's really nice to get to experience that all without having to deal with updates and all that crazy stuff. So yeah, schedulers are important. Asana, I love Asana. Even though I'm a ClickUp gal, Asana is still super great. So Good to <laughs> I hear. have a lot of people who do love it too. Jordan's blessing on Asana. I like yes. it. <laughs> One project management tool I don't necessarily like to give my blessing on is Trello, but that's, you know, a side note. I've given Um, it a try and and I think it's just designed for maybe people who think differently than I do because I didn't find the layout to be appealing at all. Yeah. I mean, it's really only for solopreneurs and while... You know, if you always want to be a solopreneur, I guess it makes sense for you to use Trello. But if you are planning to have a team, you might as well get used to a tool that can grow with you instead of having to migrate later is my take on it. So yeah, awesome. Great. And also if people want to start 
to create their own roundtable series and really understand how to put the process together. Share your freebie link and how people can start. Yeah. So my freebie link is five magneticpillars.com. That's the number five. And then the rest is, is spelled out with letters. And this is a great way to get in touch with me because I am like a writing is my love language. I've had pen pals from like, you know, handwritten pen pals through email pen pals my whole life. And so I really like corresponding with people. And so if you want to talk with me about what I've shared today, I'd love to hear from you. The freebie itself is a short email course, actually about the five pillars of magnetic thought leadership content. And that's, you know, really what I get pretty nerdy and excited about is this idea of everyone's thought leadership, our intellectual property, our body of work, and how we can make that ever more, well, magnetic and appealing to people. So if that is appealing to you, I'd love to have you join the course. It's quick and simple and will give you a lot of value. And then you can also reply and talk to me. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And besides this awesome course, where can people find you and connect with you? Say hi, all the things. Yeah. So the best place in addition to email is to find me on LinkedIn. That's the only social media that I use. I'm a practicing social media monogamist. And so you'll only find me on LinkedIn and I'm the only Eva Janata with my spelling of my name. So type it in. The only person that comes up is me. And I'd love to connect with you there. Just write me a note and let me know that you heard me on System Save Me with Jordan. I love that you are a social media monogamist. I've never heard that before. And it's <laughs> epic. <laughs> I think I coined it. It's, you know, it's something I wrote an article about last year when I was kind of making some predictions about 2020 for women leaders. And I do think, I mean, we've talked today, Jordan, about like intimacy, intimate connections and micro communities. And I do think there's something about, you know, being a rare commodity and really being only available in one place. And that's a place that's got to be one that you like. That is a place that makes sense for you and your clients. And for me, that's LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, hello, like just tell them where to go and people will go there. So that makes it super easy. Well, awesome. Eva, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast and sharing this new way of connecting with people. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.